0: What's true about us in Christ is already true. We are already set free from sin. So the difference between that ultimate reality and our current reality is us aligning our hearts and minds with the truth. listening to this life we live in the body a podcast about gospel centered weight loss in this podcast we like to discuss things that the gospel teaches us about weight loss but also things that weight loss teaches us about the gospel i'm becky watson and i'm delighted to be here with two of my sisters i'm here with katie morgan how are you today i'm very good how are you back good and here via the uh, magic of zoom i am uh we have sarah dubois how are you today
1: Good. Thanks for letting me join you guys. I hope
0: that the audio is is uh, appropriate with the Zoom. It's a real <laughs> it's a real experiment. We will see how <laughs> yeah, it turns out. Yeah. Well, um, our uh, rhythm here um, is to start with the gospel. So I'd like to remind us of what the gospel is. Um, it's we lost it all. We are all like sheep who have gone astray. Mm-hmm. We have been, um, through our own rebellion and our own um, hatred of God, have run away from everything that he's uh, provided for us. I'm thinking of Eve in the garden. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we are helpless like that lost sheep. Um, and Jesus, he did it all. He goes after the sheep that's lost. He finds it through no um, ability or skill of the sheep Jesus finds him yes carries him back to the fold Jesus does it all from start to finish mm-hmm. we're helpless to save ourselves and Jesus does the work he dies on the cross having lived a perfect life mm-hmm. and fulfills the total requirement of righteousness and then amazingly we get it all once we are back with our good shepherd. He is a good shepherd. Yes. He gives us everything we need. Mm-hmm. We lack nothing. He sets before us a table in front mm-hmm. of our, and anoints us in the presence of our enemies. We are given every spiritual blessing in Christ. Yes. So we lost it all. We, he did it all. We get it all. The gospel is about things that God has done for us, not Absolutely. what we have done about, mm-hmm. done for God. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Did I mi- miss anything?
2: No, I think you're good. I do. It would probably be it for a different podcast, but I would love to talk about the role of food through that story, right? Of mm-hmm. Adam and Eve in the garden, and um, what Jesus does for his sheep of providing the good grass and the water yeah. for them, and yeah. then uh, even the role of um, how Jesus's body is the bread and his
0: and his blood is the wine. So, I know would- once you start noticing it, it's everywhere because. It starts with a garden that has everything we need, and there is so much story of lack in yeah. between. Yeah, you know, being hungry in the wilderness, um, and then uh, of course Jesus denying the bread. Mm-hmm. But then at the end, it's a marriage feast. Feast. Yeah. 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 So is that is that in your is that in our List of things to well, approach. it is now, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, now that I'm
2: making it public and I'm suggesting it, I think we um, should do that.
0: <laughs> but I think that what that tells us is that the discussion of food, hunger, the way we feel about eating mm-hmm. is very close to our spiritual experience. Yeah, I think that, like, and that's definitely something I've experienced a lot of overlap, like, yeah. oh, this is like this yeah you know so that's that's sort of the inspiration for the whole podcast in a way
1: yeah yeah well and one of the amazing things is that food is cross-cultural there's no one that doesn't eat so it's someone that something that everybody can relate to right yeah it
0: definitely it's a universal experience everyone even a rich person can feel hungry yeah and everyone has that um experience of of their of their body. And I think that's why the Lord's supper is something that you eat, you know, it's just like, it's something everyone can partake in. Yeah. Yeah. Well today, um, you know, our last three episodes have been our story. And I know that in my experience, if I had heard that story before I experienced it, I would have said, okay, but how, <laughs> but like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, it's it's just difficult to, uh, if, if the concept of applying the gospel to your weight loss and the way you feel about your body and the way you eat is foreign, we didn't answer those questions. Yeah. Yet.
2: That's uh, what I'm getting from the feedback from people who have listened. Okay. I
0: love this, but I don't see how that all works, how yeah. that and so the first thing I want to say is, yeah, I get it. Okay. It's, it's not, it's not a very intuitive thing. Um, and so if you're like me, I'm a, I'm realizing that I'm recovering Pharisee. I love rules and I love doing, doing things and doing, you know, like being the best at something. And so I hear something like this. I'm like, Cool. What are the rules? Like, I'm ready for. Okay, guys, here it is. Don't eat any white food after seven o'clock. Don't, you know, like drink a water. Drink a glass of water before every meal. Not saying that's bad advice, but I'm saying that's not what we're talking mm-hmm, about. Mm-hmm. Um, the gospel is a spiritual thing, and um, if what I said in the go- um, in my explanation of the gospel earlier is true, we already right now are righteous in christ and completely full and have there is nothing we can do to make god love us more and Mm -hmm. there's nothing we could do to make god love us less so we could literally do nothing else yes and we would be whole in christ we would be perfect to god um because of what jesus did the important work is already done yeah so how then is how does that impact my life right now if it doesn't matter what i do Mm -hmm. how can (laughs) i do things you know like that that was that was a real struggle for me when i first started to encounter the gospel in in my um in my journey on this right Mm -hmm. i was like it kept coming up again and again you don't, Becky, have to do anything. I already did it. Mm-hmm. It's not about how much you do. And for someone who was a performance junkie, doing as much as I could all the time, mm-hmm. right? Good things, right? Yeah. Like what I thought were good things, you know, I and I, but still feeling good guilty all mm-hmm. the time that I wasn't doing enough and stressed all the time because I was doing too much Yeah. in alternating between those two extremes and just being like dry, tired out, burnt out. And I keep, and I go to the Bible and I keep seeing things like, you know, you, you are complete in Christ. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but if I, and you like rise up like this inner um inner self righteous person say but 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 if but if you don't then I'll do nothing and if I stop um if I stop trying. punishing myself and I stop trying so hard then aren't I going to just you know be given over into licentiousness am I going to just you know, if I stop trying to kill myself dieting, aren't I going to just eat like crazy? You know, mm-hmm. the, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I so I yes. don't understand how the freedom of grace would bring forth any good actions. I'm trying as hard as I can to diet. And you want me to stop
1: trying as hard as I can? How is
0: that going to help <laughs> anything? You know, Yeah, it's the
1: difference of relying completely on your own work rather than on the grace of God and letting that, that produce fruit in your life, letting that produce its own, the, the rest in that, let it produce its own work.
0: That's exactly what people were saying to me. And I didn't get it. Mm -hmm. I was like, I, I didn't understand like, yeah, I get it, but really what am I supposed to do? Like, there's probably something I'm supposed to do. Right. And so,
1: um, Oh, I was going to say, and that's so hard to get, especially, I don't know, Becky and I are both firstborns. So we're kind of the overachiever types. It's so easy to do things. It's so easy to um, check all the boxes off the list and be like, look what I've done versus to let things do themselves Mm -hmm. to not be in control. Mm -hmm. And through God's
0: grace, he had led my um, obsession with doing things, lead me to a desert, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and that was so discouraging because I thought I am trying as hard as I can, God, and you are not giving me any blessings. Right. And the whole point of this was that I needed to stop trying mm-hmm. and just accept blessings, yeah. but I couldn't, it was so hard. And I remember really struggling with that. If I actually do that, if I actually stop trying so hard and rest in you, I just couldn't believe that there would be anything good that came out of it.
2: Um, I kind of, I get what you're saying because, and it's not been as um, visual of a fight between me and God about, well, if I don't stop trying not to sin, I'm just going to be given over to my sin, but it's been a slow, quiet work in my life. And then all of a sudden I look back and be am like, oh my word, I haven't struggled with that sin in so long. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't even thinking about it. It wasn't right, right there in my it wasn't what I was planning on doing. I was just working on something else. And then God weeds out the garden.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. You're right. Well, and uh, I think Paul kind of speaks to this in Romans as well. This was something that I came across in the last week that I wanted to share with you guys. And this is a perfect place for it. Um, in Romans seven fifteen, he says, for I do not understand my own actions for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it is to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who... Will deliver me from the body of death. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. And he goes on to talk about how um, his flesh is weak, but in Christ he is strong, and that he that Christ overcomes sin on our behalf. Essentially, I think that's uh, that's
0: essentially where I came around. What the concept I came around to was, I felt like I, that the work of God was to work really hard on doing the right thing, doing, 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 doing more, doing enough. But the truth is what you just read, Sarah, that no matter how much I try, I'm not going to be able to do it. Yeah. And And in the end, when Paul says, who will deliver me from this um, body of death, he's talking about that part, the the part of you that's trying to make a righteousness of your own apart from grace. Mm -hmm. And so I became aware that the reason I could trust God to do the work is that I could trust him to remove sin. And the thing that was causing me to not have victory was the sin. And if I could trust him to take care of the sin, I could trust him to do the actual work, you know? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so what, how do you do that? So we're back to the question, okay, how? And that reminds me of John 6, 29, when Jesus says, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So when we're answering the question, okay, but How? It is believing and repenting and believing the gospel over and over and over. Romans 12 says it like this. Do not be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? Mm -hmm. It really starts on the inside. Yes. We need to weed out the things that aren't true think about what the gospel says, repent of what we, what is wrong, and then believe the gospel. And then that core shift will ripple out into your actions, behaviors, relationships, priorities.
2: Yes. So this applies to all sin, right? right? All sin to fight sin in your life. We need to, like you said, figure out what the lies that you're believing are and counteract it with the truth of the gospel. And there is a lot of sin often, maybe not always or uh, different variations, but there is a lot of sin in, um, in what we think about our bodies. Um, The amount of food we put into our bodies, whether it's too much or not enough Um, same with the amount of exercise and um, too much to not enough. There's a lot of sin going on with Uh, our body image and, and weight loss, like we're discussing. So this is where we're going to attack is the lies in
0: the sin in our hearts. It goes back to the garden and that Eve, the Satan started not with just putting the food, food in her mouth, the fruit in her her mouth. He said, what did God say about this? Mm. And he starts to lie to her and she accepts the lie. It's not even a straight up lie. It's a half truth. Right.
1: Did God really say that you would
2: die? Right. A little interjection. Sarah's son Jack is very good at telling this story.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's three years old. Yes, yeah, he's three years old, and he loves the sad story, as we call it, and that's what it's titled in one of our books, or the sad day. Wow. And uh, do you want me to tell the story about Emily? <laughs> yes, please. A couple weeks ago, we were at um, Dan's parents' house, and Emily was there, and they, your your guys's parents, have this large stuffed snake. And Jack had found it and he was playing with it around the house. And he comes up to Emily and he just whispers in her ear in his little snake voice. He goes, Eat the fruit. (laughs)
0: He (laughs) goes, It "It will make you happy. (laughs) (laughs) happy. I've been saying that like on repeat (laughs) since I heard that story. It's so funny.
2: A little three-year-old, pretend to be a snake. We get it. It's so
0: funny. I love it. I
2: love that story. Aww, he's
0: so funny. Anyways. <laughs> so um, what's true about us in Christ is already true. We are already set free from sin. Yes. So the difference between that ultimate reality and our current reality mm-hmm. is us aligning our hearts and minds with the truth. Mm -hmm. The work of God is to believe on the one he has sent. So that's really something I want to tackle in the next couple of episodes here, taking what we're thinking, taking what we're saying and doing, Mm -hmm. and really interrogating them what underlying core beliefs are bringing forth this response in our hearts and our lives. Yeah. So I've asked you guys already, and so I'd be wondering if you'd share, what are some thoughts, words, actions that have poured out of your heart that show you have a root in unbelief, Mm -hmm. you're believing a lie, and then it has brought forth fruit of sin instead of fruit of grace and truth. So what are some lies that... You or other people—it doesn't have to be you personally—that you have believed, and this, this maybe before we get into that, this is something you might not even be aware of. Oh yeah. So a lot of times I have felt just general angst or like I'm just not having victory, and I have to stop and like write down what I'm thinking, and then oh, yeah. when I look at them on the page, it was like, oh, that's a that's a lie. I am thinking, you know, or some of it is just like, so stupid. It's just like, Mm -hmm. okay, I can't even believe it. But once I've actually thought about it, I recognize, oh, that's, that's
1: a fundamental disbelief of God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's not you that can even call yourself out on it. Sometimes it's not even you who realizes you're believing a lie, but my husband has called me out on multiple lies that I've been telling myself. He goes, Sarah, That's not, that's not true. That's not true. Sarah, what's the truth here? That's what you're telling yourself. So um, wise counsel is also helpful in this process. Yeah.
0: yeah, This is why you need accountability. This is why you need Mm -hmm. the church and you need people um, outside of you who don't share your blind spots, you know? Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, a lie that I find myself um, believing often is I deserve to eat this right i it's had been a long day the kids took a long time to fall asleep i deserve this snack or i need this snack um so i definitely feel that one pretty strong yeah i definitely understand that but, i mean that, that goes back to your story and that was it, a sunday or is it a
0: peanut but- sonic peanut butter oreo milkshake still <laughs> highly recommended
2: it's a 10 out of 10 stars. I mean,
0: it's so, very good
2: <laughs> but you know that
0: that that lie of i deserve this i right i've worked really hard at i mean in my story i was working really hard at church i'm tired which is practically exercise
1: it's so stressful it's, it's like draining. emotional yes emotional exercise herding cats becky works with yeah. children i've always heard <laughs> tending children is like herding cats yeah it
0: definitely yeah. is that. it's a lot of like talking loud and mm-hmm. So anyway, then you, I mean, you get home and you're like, that would, that's what I deserve. It's like a reward for the work Mm -hmm. I've done. And so, yeah, that's one. And then, you know, it's tempting. I just right away want to um, apply truth to that right now, but let's, Mm -hmm. let's try to hold off as much as we can on what other lies. Well, I was going to
1: say though, Katie, is that that's something that any stay at home mom can relate to. Oh Yeah. Or anyone that works a really stressful full-time job. If your yeah. job is stressful, like that is so relatable. Or well, any
2: job. I felt like when I was yeah. working, it was always like, a, oh, I get home from work and like time to eat. It doesn't matter what, time have, what meal yeah. it is, it's time to eat.
0: Well, even like, even if you're just like smaller on a smaller scale, I'm like, I don't want to clean the kitchen or I don't want to fold this basket of laundry. I'm like, well, maybe when you're done, you can have a snack, you know, <laughs> like you like reward yourself, you know, eventually the, not same, a bad thing, the but, same thing. Yeah
1: you could spend a whole podcast on that one. What's Sarah? Oh, I was going to say, and it's not a bad thing to reward yourself at the end, but if you think you deserve it and you need right. it, that's different. Yeah. And it could be a bad thing.
2: Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Um, another one, um, I found, uh, there's Fat Katie and there's Skinny Katie. Fat Katie often believed I have this under control. Mm-hmm. You know, I am not huge, um, I felt like I always compared myself to you, Becky. And I was like, well, I'm the skinny sister. And so I have this under control. I can eat this fourth meal. I can eat extra ice cream. I can do this. So it's like this lie of, I have this under control. This isn't a big deal. This is not an idol. I've been thinking about this all day more than Jesus. It's not an idol. Like I've got this under control. Um, and uh, I, don't know, I have so many. Um, another one, uh, is, uh, I'll just do one more. Uh, Jesus really doesn't care about my appearance. Like we kind of hit that in your story. Of- That's a
0: really big one for me. I, I really struggled with the idea that God would care about this way- part of my life, mm-hmm. which is interesting because it, it sounds like kind of like a holier thing than it is. Cause you're like, oh, like God, you know, I I don't need God to care about this part of my yeah, life. Yeah. Yeah. But it turns out to be excuse for sin. Yes. Like I can do whatever I want in this part of my life because he doesn't care. Yes.
1: Yeah. Right. I have a similar one on my list as well. So I'll start with that. Was at the end of your list, Katie? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll start with one that's really similar to your last one. It's that it's vain or vanity to pursue weight loss, it's right. a vain or vanity to work on what your body looks like physically, whether that's what's weight loss or with muscle tone or with whatever you're pursuing in that direction. Um,
2: yeah, that's the way that's the way worldly women are, you know, they pay attention to what they wear and what they look like, you know, all those sinful women on magazines, you know, they're not even wearing clothes and all they care about is their weight. So I feel like those are lies that I would
1: add to that. Sure. Um, and then I have the gospel doesn't apply to blank part of my life and in this case it would be what I look like or uh, how I'm treating my body what that's what it comes down to is how I'm treating my body Mm -hmm. and sometimes this one is more of a heart knowledge than a head knowledge for me um sometimes I feel like I know the gospel applies to this part of my life because it applies to all parts of my life but I don't act or or um Naturally, think like mm-hmm. it applies. Um, I
0: think that's actually really um, common. Is like once we, once we like actually buckle down and admit what we're thinking, we know right away that they're not
1: true, and we are just not believing them. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then I have um, that weight loss is too hard, or I can't do it, which I think Becky talked about in her first. Um, yeah. It's hopeless, right? Yep, It's hopeless. It's, it's a uphill battle that I'm never going to win. Um, I think once these ones aren't personal to me, but other ones that I've thought about is that I don't deserve to lose weight or be thin or be healthy, or um, I'm too busy to do those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last one I thought of that people might come up with is that I have to starve to lose weight or I can't enjoy the foods that I like or love.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. Um, the ones that I
0: have that um, you guys touch on and it specifically mentioned is my body is unlovable or unlovely. Mm-hmm. And I think that you, you know, like when you go down that road, it's, you would think that that would help you lose weight. Cause you're like, Oh, I'm, you know, I, I'm, not pretty. So I need to lose weight, but it doesn't work. No, it no. causes you to not take care of your body.
2: Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. like this aspect of like, well, if I don't look at it, I don't have to think about it. Like I know in my heart or I feel in my heart, I'm an unlovely and unlovable. So I'm not going to look at it. I'm not going to touch. think about it, think about it, touch it.
0: Avoid I, cameras, avoid mirrors, uh-huh. avoid the scale. Just, just like try to close your eyes, yes. which is, it's just emotionally, tragic Mm -hmm. because you can't avoid it forever and then every once in a while you have this you see a picture of yourself or you you get on the scale or whatever and you have this huge like um mental breakdown because yeah you have all this pent-up emotion that you haven't been dealing Mm -hmm. with you Mm -hmm. know Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden the
2: truth hits you yeah this is your weight. This is what you really do look like. This is what other people see.
0: That's one of the specific reasons I like using weight loss to think about the gospel because there's an aspect of your sin cannot be hidden. Sure. Yeah. It's like obvious. My sin is the, my past sin is hanging on my body and it's, you know, and um, the shame is not something that I can. I mean, I can pretend to ignore or whatever, but like there's an aspect of the truth is really apparent and Mm -hmm. you can't avoid it. Um, But that brings me to another lie. I'll get back to yours in a second. It's just that you have to feel that you have to feel shame and punish yourself Mm -hmm. for your past. Mm -hmm. That's not the gospel. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not how you're supposed to. I mean, you're the evidence of your sin is there, but also the answer to your sin is there. Like you need to not, you need to not feel shame. You need to recognize that your body is by itself is
1: lovable. Yes. So, yes. When you are saved by grace, you are forgiven even before you commit the sin that you are going to commit. And that's kind of a hard concept for us to grasp is that we need to, we are forgiven even like instantly. Right. We don't have to hold on to shame or guilt. We just have to repent. Yeah. That's all. We just have to repent.
0: And because of the gospel, the aspects of our body that are unchangeable, right? Like if there is a degree of your weight that is not because of sin, it's just because of genetics or pregnancy or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, even your like a, a disease or health situation you don't that is not you're something to feel ashamed mm-hmm, about
1: mm-hmm.
0: the gospel totally calibrates like mm-hmm. what what is and is not something um that's sin mm-hmm. and um you don't have to feel guilty about any of it because mm-hmm. it's either forgiven or it's not a sin yeah
2: yeah
0: i feel like i cut you off did you have another one um kind of, uh, it's going
2: back a little bit but like um the avoiding the mirrors and avoiding the scale because you don't want to see it I've, I've done that, but then also like this aspect of, um, in the shower, I scrub really hard on spots. Of my body, I do not like, mm-hmm. like, a I I have a freckle you know, that on my face, that I try to wash off. Sometimes I think that we also didn't do that when we feel insecure and inadequate about our body, we're trying to scrub it off, scrub that sin off. I mean, like a freckles, not sin, right. But like scrubbing the sin off and like, if I keep rubbing it, it'll go away or obsessing over it. You know, obsessing over the scale is the same sin as not looking at the scale at all. Right. You know,
0: that's yeah. sort of like a physical manifestation of the emotional or spiritual thing I yes. was describing late earlier. So I was trying, 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 trying so hard. Yeah. And it's like God's like, okay, this is not how you do this. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can't work from the outside in. Yeah. You have to work from the inside out. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. you know, that reminds me that when I was younger, especially, part of the problem I had with my weight is that I just wanted to disappear. <laughs> and it felt like I was taking up too much space mm-hmm. as a heavy person. Yeah. And um, and so I did, you know, I really struggled with my, I mean, that was like a self-hatred type of yeah, thing. And, yeah. and it just, um, I think that I understood the, the inclination to have an eating disorder because I just wanted to disappear, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so some other things I wrote down is, uh, it's impossible and my efforts are futile. It's hopeless this is it's, it's hopeless this is a feeling you have to a lie you have to fight when you see the skill not moving as fast as you want it to yeah and you just want to give up which practically doesn't make any sense if it's going slow giving up will make it go even slower <laughs> not <laughs> at backwards. all like, but anyway but like that's a but that's another thing weight loss teaches about the gospel is that sin is so dumb it's so dumb it doesn't help us right it's like
1: mm-hmm.
0: we just you know, like Satan lies to us and he says, you know, it's hopeless. Just eat anyway. Well, <laughs> how does that make sense? Right. No, no, but we no. do it. We do yeah. it all the time.
2: We also, I think that it's also easy to get discouraged because it takes a long time. Well, I dieted for a whole day, yeah. you know, and it's not working or right. a whole week and it's not working. I mean, those pounds, pound, it's easier to add pounds than to lose pounds. It's you got to, those pounds have to be uncomfortable enough to leave you know they're right. they're holding on to like our sin holds on to you and you gotta right let Jesus scrape it away yeah
0: and it's probably a lot more layers there than you want to admit yeah right we overestimate our good deeds underestimate our sin you know
1: mm-hmm. I think we also forget that gaining weight isn't necessarily I mean it's our way body's way of protecting ourselves. I mean having a high weight problem is more so the privilege of our culture our body is trying to protect ourselves from starving in the future some places that don't have food i mean they, they need the extra pounds the extra fi- the the extra fat the extra weight so that they can survive when times are tough and we can kind of being privileged we're not going to come across those kind of issues so we kind of tend to villainize our, our body's protective mechanisms as well. Maybe right. this is a little bit of a tangent, but we don't have to villainize um, what our body is doing for us, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Well, the way God
0: created us. Right. Yeah. Um, the last one I had was that I need food to be happy. And when I am if I choose to live a righteous life or when, or if I have victory over this area of sin, I'm going to live a less full life. It's going to be, you know, it's just sad. There's not, you know, that was what made me happy. And now God is not going to supply all my need.
2: I watch a lot of my 600 pound life on TLC Wednesday nights at eight.
0: (laughs) Um,
2: And that is their, um, their motivation. So often, like I've had this, all of the stories, I love the show. All of the stories, they, um, they go back into their time and there's like a moment in their lives when they experienced severe pain or rejection or loss, just something really big that hits them. And they turn to food. And this is the only thing that makes me happy. And they keep eating and overeating and overeating, overeating. And then they wake up in the morning um, and their whole body hurts because there's a tiny little skeleton in there and there's 600, 700 pounds on top of the skeleton and they're in so much pain. And they say, I hate myself when I wake up, but the first thing I want to do is eat. And I know that eating is killing me, Right. but it's the only thing that makes me happy. It's the only thing I've had comfort in, the only thing I've had joy in. And it's just this vicious cycle. And also with that, um, I've felt that like, well, if we celebrate with food all the time, you know, um, for our birthdays, we go to mom's house, she makes us whatever we want for dinner and whatever dessert that we want. And we always celebrate with food. And Like we talked earlier that the the role of food in the Bible, the marriage feast is coming and, and the last supper with Jesus and his disciples and... Food is something easy to celebrate
0: with. Right. And it's in I mean it's proper to celebrate with food. Yes. Right. That's not sin to that food would be celebratory, Mm -hmm. right?
1: It's just when that celebration becomes more important than uh, other things in our life. Like well, it becomes gluttony.
0: And gluttony is the same. Well, in in the that person with the six or seven hundred pounds has been given over to what they want and does that look like freedom now (laughs) it doesn't it isn't it's a it's now a prison and it goes the other way too. a person given over to um anorexia yeah is that freedom when you are so you're so unable to ascertain a healthy um balance that you are starving yourself Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. see sin is horrible Mm -hmm. it kills you right yes and so the truth is um i'm gonna actually talk about the truth in this one the truth is a calibrated balanced holy relationship with food is a full life yes you win how often have you felt when you're dieting and then you have a brownie it is the best (laughs) brownie (laughs) of your life and then you just need one and you're satisfied and and, full and full and you've enjoyed it too the brownie you eat when you have been dieting all week is a thousand times better than the brownie you eat when you have overeaten all day and you stuff in that one last brownie right Mm -hmm. so the truth is that the um that righteousness is more filling. That's just a small example, but it's what God means when he said he he puts us before um, cool waters and on green pastures and we lack nothing. To live in Christ is the way we were created to live. To live in the gospel is just a privilege. It's all an abundant life. Our bodies, when you do the healthy things that you're supposed to do, because God has brought that for your bodies are healthy and it feels like freedom. It feels like rest, right?
1: And um, it, this is looking at weight loss, weight gain, how we view our bodies is such a tangible way to view the gospel. I mean, just how we've been talking about it now like we are captive to our desires to overeat, we're captive to our desires to undereat and try and control our circumstances. But when we give it over to Christ and let him balance our lives in a healthy way. Um, we, we're no longer captive to those desires to eat as much as we can, to eat one last brownie, to mm-hmm. um, withhold food from ourselves until our bodies are eating itself away. I mean, the gospel gives us freedom. It's such a beautiful thing. We are no longer captive to those desires of our, our and not just like weight-related sin, any sin. Right. We're no longer captive to those sins because we get freedom. Yeah. We get freedom to choose not to sin. How crazy is that? But, yeah,
0: that's, ex- that's exactly what sparked the idea for this podcast is the idea that this is just a tangible way to think about the gospel. Before I before I really felt like I understood the gospel, when someone said you should pray more, I was like, Ugh, okay, okay. <laughs> praying is so hard (laughs) you're right i don't do it enough you know Mm -hmm. like you should read your bible yeah i know and it's just like uh in the but the truth is that a he's already done the work you're already full in christ and when you act when you let him do that work and you're like you you repent of your sin and believe in the gospel you believe the truth he takes that, and you're like, I love praying. It's like mm-hmm. it's like a it's like a true rest. It's like mm-hmm. a good thing. It's mm-hmm. like freedom to your soul. Your freedom from your simple desires. The sinful desires are the things you want to be saved from. Yes, you know you look at um, uh, on Instagram the secular uh, weight loss coaches and trainers and stuff, and I um I get lots of good advice from them. I don't, you know, I'm not really going to share that specific advice because I think everyone maybe needs to approach weight loss in their own way that fits their bodies and their lifestyles. So it's not like there's one way to lose weight or whatever. But one thing that I find really interesting about that is seeing people reach out to these weight loss gurus and say, I just, I just can't stay motivated. Or I read one the other day, someone said, I just can't Validate myself. I just, I've been working really hard. I just can't do it. And they need Jesus, right? Like, you can lose weight without Jesus, but you can't validate yourself without Jesus. You can't, you know, Mm -hmm. you can lose weight without Jesus, but like when it comes to finding motivation that is, um, that gives life and not a burden, you can't do that without Jesus. Yeah. And so, what we have in the gospel is a real power. It's a real difference than without the gospel i think about the um
2: the woman who just puts a couple pennies into the offering and the pharisees gave so much and uh jesus says that she gave more than than what the pharisees did. and then in that in that being your efforts you know you give everything that you can which is letting go right letting go of what i think i can do and letting jesus do the rest with with what you can give him right
0: yeah. You know, we give him our five loaves and two fish and he makes it yes. enough. Yes, Yeah. Yes. Great. So what we're going to be doing in the next couple of podcasts is we're going to be taking each one of these lies and we're going to be really interrogating it, tackling it. Um, we're going to be doing what Romans 12 says and being transformed by the renewing of our mind. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2 Corinthians 10, Paul writes, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, we have the divine power, praise God, to demolish strongholds. We demolish demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Yes. This is telling us how we do this. Yes. We take all these lies and we... We apply the power of God to them. Yes. And we say, this thought that I'm thinking, I'm going to capture it and I'm going to make it obey Jesus. Yes. And so how do we do that? We take the lie and we look at what the truth is and we believe Mm -hmm. the truth. We we repent from God. We confess our sins, say, I've been believing this lie. I want to believe the truth Mm -hmm. and we read scripture and we internalize it and then that is how it happens. That is how the self-discipline comes out. That's how the the sin is conquered mm-hmm. with the truth. That's mm-hmm. how the truth sets you free. Yeah. Dear Heavenly Father, you have given us your truth through the Bible. And your truth is so much more true than our truth. We have so many um, lies. Our thinking is futile. We have so many things that we are trusting ourselves instead of trusting you and we pray lord that you would bring to our eyes and convict us and uh, make us aware of the lies that we're believing Mm -hmm. i pray lord that we would take every thought and we would capture it and make it obey you help us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds thank you lord for the freedom that comes from the gospel in jesus name amen So Katie, do you have anything that you'd like to share that God is blessing you with or a practical tip for weight loss?
2: Um, yeah, I have a practical tip for weight loss. Um, so um, a few years ago, uh, about three, three and a half. Um, when I was at Sarah's church that she's at now, we, uh, went over to the youth pastor at the time, Chad, and then, uh, his wife, Julie's house. And Julie, um, at the time had two kids and teenagers or two teens. And, um, I went into the bathroom cause I always have to go to the bathroom, especially when I'm at somebody's house. So if I'm coming to your house, clean your bathroom. Um, I went into her bathroom and all over her mirror, she had probably, maybe this is an exaggeration, 10, 15, three by five cards with verses all over them. And I knew that she did that to, uh, for her kids to be filled with scripture as they look into the mirror. But then I think they were also for herself. And I just love that about Julie and cause that's so who she is and, um, she treasures, Uh, God's word in her heart. And she, she puts it before her in everything that she does and everything that she thinks. And, um, I just think it's so, uh, valuable to have it right on your mirror, right where we look in. And, um, there's a verse in, um, Song of Solomon, which leads me to a different story. Um, uh, when I was very pregnant with my third babe, um, uh, I decided to do, a, I had the opportunity to do a Bible study with a 70 year old woman and she, and I told her, um, you know, Shar, I want to learn about loving Jesus more. And she's like, oh my word, I'm so happy you asked. Let's do a study on song of songs, which is um, not something that gets covered in your uh, everyday Sunday school uh, class. Um, And it was so much fun to hear um, the bridegroom talk about his bride and talk about how the bridegroom is Jesus and we, the church, are his bride. And there's a verse that I think you should all put on your mirror because I feel like it um, is reflective of we don't believe this truth about us. But the bridegroom says to his bride, you are all in Song of Songs 4, verse 7. You are altogether beautiful, my darling. There is no flaw in you. And to think about, that's what Jesus thinks of me now. At whatever weight you are, whatever shape you are, whatever color you are. Whatever sins you've done in the past. Yes, yes. You are altogether beautiful, my darling. There is no flaw in you. And earlier in Song of Songs, you know, she's like, I'm unlovely. My skin is dark because I've been out in the sun and my brothers were mean to me. And so she talks about all this sin and all these... Of her deformities and he comes around and it's like you're altogether beautiful my darling there is no flaw in you so I think that that would be a good tip
0: to put you. that verse on a three by five card on your mirror
2: put that verse on a three by five card on your mirror
0: yeah stop those thoughts those words that would come yeah when you look in the mirror yeah maybe next to your scale too
2: maybe next to your scale too yeah
1: yeah. Oh, that's beautiful, Katie. And one thing that I've heard is that something that you tell yourself once is just as important as someone else telling it you 10 times, mm. so someone telling you the truth 10 times weighs as much as you telling it to yourself once. And how amazing is it? like having that mirror, being able to tell yourself that every day that you were lovely and that he loves you is that's powerful. Yeah, Telling yeah, yourself yeah. that daily is very powerful.
2: Yeah. I think a- another little tip. if I can, I always look to my husband to give me the compliments that I want. And he's a man. He's not perfect. He's never going to do it enough. Right. But Jesus is perfect. And he does do, do it enough in the right, right amount for right, me. And
0: right. And, and he speaks real truth that really matters. Yes. Not just what one person thinks yes. mm-hmm. um, along those lines, Sarah, what you just said about, um, talking to yourself and listening to yourself. Um, this is something that I feel like God has been teaching me as I find myself just saying things that I feel like are harmless because you just, I hear them or just my husband hears them mm-hmm. or whatever, maybe a negative self-talk, but also just like complaining, mm-hmm. um, like just have as a tradition, I think like a habit is I get in the car to drive my daughter to school and I say, I'm tired. <laughs> Cause I sometimes am most of the time, am, But one time I said, it, I'm like, I'm not really that tired. I'm just, it's just a habit now. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking about how, because I, it's a habit and I say it that it means more to me than what's actually true. And um, I was reminded of in James where it says, that our tongue is like a rudder of a mm-hmm, ship mm-hmm. or a bit in the mouth of a horse. The things we say direct us, they direct us. And I, I use it's as true as it is, because the Bible also says this, that what the um, mouth speaks, the outpouring of the heart. Yep. But we also yep. listen to the things that we say in a way that's bigger than if we had just thought it. And yep. so it's kind of a cycle a little bit.
1: Yeah. Um, So I've been trying to, oh, is that part from uh, that second part from when Jesus is talking to the Pharisees about what goes into your mouth doesn't make you unclean, but what comes out because it comes from the heart.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. He says out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, but James talks about that too. When he's talking about the tongue, he says that you can't get bitter water and sweet water from the same spring. Like it comes from Mm -hmm. within,
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: but then the, it's interesting that he uses the analogy of the of the rudder of a ship and mm-hmm. the bit of a horse it's a small thing that directs the big thing yeah so i've been trying to um i've been recognizing see i caught myself i've been trying to do this thing no <laughs> i've been recognizing that through christ i can tame my tongue he can tame my tongue and, um, instead of always just spilling forth, whatever negativity pops into my head to, to, uh, contract to it with the truth, think about the truth. And s- instead of saying, instead of just saying the negative thing, saying the truth to myself, because I want to start talking to myself instead yeah. of yeah. listening to myself, Yeah, you know, yeah. speaking truth to myself instead of listening to the lies that come out of my heart.
1: Yeah. Sarah, did you have anything, um, you wanted to share? Yeah, I, I kind of do. Um, I guess it's kind of off of what we were just talking about. Um, my big tip is that when you're trying to lose weight is to, um, choose a reason why I want to lose weight. I want to stop overeating. I want to take care of my body because, and you can't choose a reason that it isn't true. You have to choose something that you really believe. Why are you actually trying to lose weight? And if you set your mind on that kind of motivation, <clears throat> you're more likely to act on it. Um, and to remind yourself of that daily. Um, yeah. So like it could be that, um, for a while, uh, one of my motivations was I want to lose weight because I want to feel healthier. I want to, I want to feel healthier. And that's not a bad thing at all. Um, it, it's glorifying to God, it, it, especially if you find something that is glorifying to God, it's a lot easier to motivate yourself to do those things. Cause then you're not working for you. You're working for the glory of God.
2: Yeah. In the past, my motivation has been to lose weight so that other people will notice or to lose weight because I'm competitive. And then uh, 2020 was really hard because I wasn't leaving the house. No one was noticing that I was losing weight. And so I really struggled with that. But then since talking to Becky and through this podcast, uh, I want to lose weight because I want to show that Jesus is great. And that motivation is is sustaining and it's powerful to just be like, I'm going to let God lose this weight for me. And And so I'm stepping on the scale and I've, I, I have dropped a pound and a half since the beginning of the year that I've been really struggling with, mm -hmm. you know, and it's just been, okay, I'm going to praise God through this.
1: And that's not reliant upon someone else saying something to you. It's not reliant upon someone else's noticing. I mean, you may have lost a ton of weight, but people are people. Sometimes they, especially men, if you're depending on your husband noticing or something like that, like
2: no, I just tell him every day. I'm like, this is how much I weigh. This is how good I am.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, my
0: husband's so sweet. He loves me already. It's not like you know. So, and I was actually kind of disappointed when I lost my weight. Like I thought that like love you more. more yeah. He's like, uh, I just love you all the time. He's like, <laughs> he says, this is the price of unconditional love. That No matter what you do, I love you the same. And I'm like, he is so good. For you. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um, so, I mean, and, and then isn't that what you want? You don't yeah. want to have like a no. different relationship no. based on what size you are. So yeah, good point. We need to have, um, have a aim that has lasting power and lasting significance, right? Because if you're losing weight to be, objectively beautiful i have something really bad to tell you you're also aging and there's nothing to do about you know yeah. you know beauty yeah. is fleeting like that is that is just one of the truths of life yeah. so um yeah my um i have another the it's not a pushback on sarah it's a different focus sure. um one of the things i've had to learn is that when you are struggling to eat well or to diet or to, to exercise, I kind of feel like it's the same thing. You are overemphasizing how you feel in the moment Mm -hmm. and underemphasizing how you will feel in an hour. Um, So it's like an instant gratification thing, right? Like I want that to eat that right now. I want to eat that right now, or I want to eat a second helping or whatever. And if you just thought, if you just put more emphasis on how you want to feel in an hour after you've made the right decision and you're away from the meat, um the table. table and then you're just like oh, i'm glad i didn't eat that compared to when you've made the wrong choice and you're like oh i shouldn't have eaten that oh, i shouldn't eat that you know and that's so much what satan does he's like eat the fruit <laughs> It will make you happy. But does it make you happy? An hour later, you did not feel happy. You feel guilty. The other morning I was getting up and I really was tired. I did not want to go to the gym. And I was like, just think about how good you'll feel
1: in an hour when you're
0: back home and taking a shower. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's painful in the moment, but like, like we talked about with the 600 pound life, is it really freedom to have your constant instant, instantly gratified and then to reap the um, harvest of always putting off doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. So um, to just, to just shift your instant gratification to like an hour later, you know, instead of right now, it's not that long to wait. Then the second level of that, is when you weigh yourself the next day it's not you're not going to see a change but what if you just shifted that that focus to a week mm-hmm. later because mm-hmm. a week right. of doing the right thing you will see a change mm-hmm. or more likely to see a change yeah,
2: it's a lot of right just lots of small right decisions
0: yes and it's, it comes slowly so instead of focusing on how i feel right now and what the scale mm-hmm. says Tomorrow morning, focus on how will you feel in an hour and what the scale says yeah. in a week. Yeah. And I think that that was the the two shifts that I was kind of surprised made a difference.
2: Yeah. With that hour thing, I kind of always thought, or what was effective for me when I was losing weight before my wedding was, this is not my last meal. Yeah. I will have this again. And if I stop eating right now, if I'm hungry in an hour, two hours, three hours, you can have a snack, Right. but let's stop right now.
1: Go ahead. Well, and I think a lot of times we think we're going to really enjoy something, Mm -hmm. but when we actually eat it, it doesn't make us feel very good. I've noticed that, um, unless it's chocolate (laughs) candy, I don't really enjoy in the long run. I'll eat it because it's there or because I'm giving a piece to my kids or something, but once I'm done eating it, my, I mean, on a scale of one to 10, I enjoy it. Maybe like a four. Right, it doesn't, right. it doesn't truly satisfy the cravings that my, that my mouth wants or that my, uh, the, the taste that I want.
2: So yeah, I, that you, that you expect it to give you, like you expect it right. to be really fun, really satisfying.
1: And then we just do it out of habit or just right almost out of habit or the, we're trying to regain a memory that was enjoyable with that right. piece of candy or whatever. So try and think of, I mean, even it's harder to think back, but in the moment where you're having that bite, like, did I actually enjoy this on a scale of one to 10? How much did I enjoy this? Would I have rather had something else later or right. Yeah.
0: And, and it's like, that's why I just, if you, if you, if you start believing the truth that to be set free from your sin is freedom, um, then you have like the best brownie of your life when it's the right brownie. Yeah. Instead right. of trying to constantly get that level all the you just, all yeah, the yeah, time, you're not yeah. going to get that. Yeah,
1: yeah. And just because the first couple bites are delicious doesn't mean the second and third and fourth brownie. Yeah. Once you it starts to clean. not
0: be delicious, then you can put it down and then think about it. All your meals are really, really delicious, mm-hmm. right? That, that the, the righteousness that comes from God is not a rice cake life. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, yeah. The best meal, like perfectly curated, um, wonderful, balanced, just like every bite is delicious and no more, you know, it's like the, it's that perfect calibration. And so um, we can think about our food that way too, you know? Well, I feel like we packed in (laughs) a lot lot of content. I hope it makes sense. Um, Before we go, I want to encourage everyone to check out our Instagram Um, account we put pictures up of um, for every episode so um, it's this life we live in the body on Instagram (laughs) and uh, we post our uh, our podcast um, updates on that but in the meantime I hope that everyone will keep their eyes on Jesus because he is the author and perfecter of Mm -hmm. our faith you are beautiful darling there is no flaw in you you. Mm Do you have a sign off, Sarah?
1: No, I don't.